0: You are listening to the weekly geekly. I don't know. The weekly is pretty cool. And the counter counterculture podcast. Oh my gosh, your dick is mangled.
1: What is up everybody? Welcome back to another week another week of Thoughts and Shots. I am Devin, I am the drinker, and uh <laughs> We are grim and frostbitten this month. Uh, We went ahead and let you guys know what was coming in the world of horror in movies and video games last week. And now this week, we're bringing you some real life fucking horror. Uh, And to do it along with me, I have my lovely uh, leader from the Weekly Geekly as well as uh, the vocalist of Milton, Mr. Lucian in the house. That is right.
0: What is up? I'm here to fuck shit up. I'm excited. We're talking uh, about a movie that I really like, and I actually did a whole episode uh, not on specifically the movie, but more or less the story that it's based on. So I'm excited to
1: just talk about the movie this time. I'll say that's where I'm excited, too, is... uh just because oh yeah if you haven't gone and listened to that Mayhem episode uh, after coming and listening to my episode go ahead and go listen to that at the same right after just have a good fucking Mayhem binge
0: (laughs) oh yeah they'll pair really nicely together
1: I think but yeah no I'm super excited thanks for having me on man yeah no problem and of course uh, for those that don't know uh, in our neck of the woods we have gotten snowed in so uh, yeah it's it's, uh, truly grim and frostbitten around these parts actually I can literally look behind me and see oh that theory. That's wait. how I feel. I just realized I could pretty much just do this so that you can actually see the snowbank yeah. behind my shoulder. <laughs> oh, damn. That's crazy. Oh, dude. It was fucking wild. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so about halfway through, we'll let you guys know about uh, the Patreon, our merch store, uh, Voodoo's Odd Shop, that 1320... Or, yeah, I got that right. 1320 South... 1323 uh, 1323 South 13th Street Yep uh, In Omaha, Nebraska For all your <laughs> shit And don't forget They buy the odd shit So go check them fucking out Yeah and Really uh, fucking cool people Oh yeah And then of course Our show sponsor Dubby And uh, yeah But I think there's One way we'll go ahead And start this off Which I guess Because uh, I think we, we talked about it Enough times Between just general Conversations with us what was your kind of like level le- level of knowledge on like the whole black and death metal kind of scene back in the time of Mayhem that this movie is kind of based around before going so into
0: I, this? I knew of Mayhem like maybe like 2004, 2006, something mm-hmm. like that. Like I'd heard their stuff. But I had no idea about this story at all until... Uh, I mean I'd, i i i will say this okay i didn't have any it's not like i didn't have any idea mm-hmm. i had heard like rumors when i was a kid about a crazy band and like this dude that ate part of his bandmate and like wore his part of his skull around his neck i, I heard things but i had no idea the extent of the story i guess i should say so when the movie came out i was like oh fuck i kind of remember hearing
1: some stuff about this when i was like younger but I don't remember like specifics right it was kind of funny that it was around the same time that i also kind of got into my discovery of like death and black metal was watching like headbangers ball but i think mine was just a couple years later around like 2005, 2006, I think was around the time where I was starting to do it, because I remember it was when, like, Headbangers Ball would be showing, like, Demi Borgir and Behemoth videos, and not really going as much into the black metal side of things. You kind of had to do some digging on your own in order to find that. But, like, on the actual, like, history of, like, where certain bands kind of crossed over into their histories prior to this movie, I actually had zero ideas. So seeing the kind of crossover that happened between mayhem and Burzum around this time is probably one of the wildest fucking things I heard. So, I mean, I was fortunate. I was fortunate enough when I
0: was younger to have some like black metal friends in middle school. Right. So like I, I heard all the tall tales of like different black metal bands and like how crazy they were and shit. But i i didn't know about the actual like deaths and like all
1: that stuff like or the church burnings or anything like that like that i flew over my radar (laughs) well that's kind of what i was thinking too honestly with the band mayhem for me too was kind of the same thing where it's like i kind of knew of them but i discovered mayhem and actually went and listened to their music very late i like yeah and then i kind of as I've rediscovered Mayhem and then the Lords of Chaos movie came out. It's just this has been a movie where I've been kind of waiting and waiting for the right time to kind of either just watch it just in general as well as cover it. So it was kind of a good timing just because I have been listening to that more newer stuff they put out, which was a single called like Watchers. I don't remember what year it was released and I think it was 2016 2016 or 2018 somewhere in that range but they did like a live video shoot for it with the vocalist of current may- mayhem whose current vocalist still like fucking mutilating himself on stage and shit and I'm like ah so he's really trying to live up to the original moniker right. of fucking mayhem well <laughs> that's funny well i'm about to say you're obviously the vocalist of your own band molten it's like dude do you see like some of the things as you were doing your research on this mayhem project where it's like huh i kind of get where some of the stage energy would match up with my own stage energy that i create oh for sure yeah
0: like uh for example when molten goes anywhere we are very uh angry (laughs) and we're very like violent seeming like a lot of people don't want to come up and talk to us afterwards sometimes like people will But then some people I feel like get kind of the heebie-jeebies because they're like, okay, that dude told me he's gonna fight me in the parking lot if I wasn't moving. Like, (laughs) I'll say like fucked up shit on stage. For me, it's more of an attitude. I'm never gonna like hurt myself on stage or do anything crazy like that. But like, there are times I will say I'm in character and I lose myself a little bit in my character, especially when the adrenaline's kicking in and you're excited and it's a full house and you're fucking killing it. Like I get really into it and I tell my bandmates like if yeah. I'm mad at you on stage, it's not real. Like I tell them that because I'm like I don't want you to think I'm actually upset at you or like there's a real issue. Like no, I'm just kind of playing a
1: character. That that's so, That's so interesting you mentioned that just because I was just thinking about the same thing when it comes to my music as well. I always kind of give myself my personas as well, whereas there's the stage side of me where it's, you know, fuck you, fuck this, fucking move and all this. And then as soon as you get off stage, I'm like, hey, guys, what's up? Yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah, I think some people are very genuinely shocked at how nice I am when they come up to the merch booth and they're just like, oh, okay, like didn't see that coming, but no i i i uh, I can relate to the extent of feeling a pressure to do something different mm-hmm. um, because everybody does the same old shit, you know what I mean and you you want to do something as a band to set yourself apart. so I think this was a time when they were like we have something crazy now we have to have some kind of crazy frontman, and hey, they did dead was i mean perfect for them at that point in their history uh, but yeah, the movie really uh I don't know. It, it did a crazy job of explaining the story, I guess. It like really from Dead the Hieronymus to Varg to everything that happened in between. Like I the more research I did on my episode, the more I noticed that the movie is like a combination of like t- three or four point of views. mm mm-hmm. Mhm it's not fully accurate it's 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 a movie you know and like people are always going to say well the movie's going to have to be a certain way it's not going to be 100% accurate well there are details in the movie that are d- way different from how it ha- actually happened. And then there are some yeah. where you're like, okay, I can see why they chose to use this.
1: You know what I mean? Like, that was, I, to, I love this movie. It's great. I, I see after sitting down and watching it, I have to fully agree that this is one where it's like, for me, I, not. I went in completely blind. I didn't want to like have anything spoiled for me on this one. I just kind of just went in with like, let's see what happens. And then, well I guess for those that listen to this that need like I guess content warnings of what what's coming in this movie let's I'll be honest there is dead cats involved, there's body mutilation, there's murder there's a, a lot of sex and the, yeah. just just there's a lot to kind of delve into with this movie uh, so just kind of go in with your own discretion you know what you can handle you know what you're comfortable with. But I mean if you can handle this shit I'm telling you watch it because the level of detail that they went into in this thing is fucking insane. But I won't I don't want to give too much away because we're going into happy hour baby. All right, let's do a first stone. Are you doing a shot? Oh yeah, buddy. Okay, I'm
0: I got a big ass beer so I'm doing a drink.
1: Big old chug. That works. Cheers. Uh ah, cheers.
0: Ooh, that's a good Ooh. I traveled through the five degree snow To the gas station and almost died And it was like a fucking day
1: Same. after tomorrow movie That's literally what I did too Is I risked it, risked it for the biscuit By getting some wing stop But I was like it's right down the street from our, our Oh you drove? Place. I drove yeah I walked You walked in this? I walked I walked, brother. It was horrible. You I got had a ride to ride home, bundled up like you were in the goddamn tundra,
0: like you were just I coming like back I, from the thing. <laughs> yeah, I looked like it was—I was in the Antarctic, and people were honking at me when I was walking. They're like, "What are you fucking doing?" And I was like, "Don't worry about it." And then I'm I got to, to, to the gas your... station, and I was like, "Okay, I got to walk back." And then I realized that my walk back was all uphill. Oh, and I was like. Oh fuck! Like I'm already like lightheaded and tired, and feel like I ran a marathon. Honey, <laughs> if you do anything in the snow, it just makes you ten times more tired. It really does. Well, so as... I was just like,
1: fuck. This guy <laughs> was nice enough to give me a ride home, and I was Aww. like, thanks, you. See, that's that's when you find the good things. But let's see how we'll go ahead and launch into Lords of Chaos. We'll start off by I wanted to talk about how Euronymous at the beginning of the movie almost gives a good like his tagline of Norway. <laughs> Gray, boring, seal clubbing, and a very high suicide rate. <laughs> yeah, I like how you added that into the notes. I, I really appreciated that. Because I was, I was, I was actually interested by this, so I actually decided to go and research the, what the actual current suicide rate is in Norway. And I guess as of March thirty first, uh, twenty twenty three, is twelve point four per one hundred thousand inhabitants, which is down twenty five percent since nineteen ninety, which is actually technically even pre. Uh, After this movie was done. So I wonder how much that's down from when they were around. Honestly. Yeah, I don't know. That's an interesting thing to think about, but I don't know if it really had that much to do with them. I, will, I, just, I will, for me it was just like the writing of the movie where I'm like okay so that's the level of jokes that were going right off the bat and I can appreciate right. that <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
0: I, I'm glad that they like stuck true to like the black metal kind of people I hung around with like yeah they were very much the same you know what I mean like very much in the same
1: way of thinking and acting I guess I also so. looked, this was led up to with a scene where it's kind of like something almost straight out of like a National Geographic special about like now we're going to enter the land of Norway. Let's say hi to the right. townsfolk. Like, and <laughs> right. <laughs> just one of those moments. And then literally it pretty much just throws you straight into mayhem. Uh, and, or Euronymous at his place with, uh, them all chilling, listening music in, uh, Euronymous's bedroom, which starts, I guess, kind of the first weird shit of the movie where it kind of kicks in where, all of a sudden, they threatened to start trying to stab their drummer, <laughs> which me as yeah. a drummer, I will not lie, my eyes widened on that scene, and I was <laughs> I was sitting there being like, "Oh, let my bandmates get the idea. Let my bandmates <laughs> get the idea. Watch what happens." <laughs> I uh, I think that was just to showcase like their way of thinking at the time, you know. Which which is it's the first thing that I always thought about when once that started, I was like. To what level of depravity, depravity are you at at that exact moment when, when that is where your brain says it's like, oh, I'm listening to music, having a good time with my friends. I'm going to stab someone. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't know. Well, and then uh, the, the other scene that I was waiting for us to relate to was uh, the first band practice of the film where the sister walks down so myself personally i actually have a couple different experiences where uh i would be like practicing or whatever when i was uh still living with my dad and my sisters would just come in which is ironic because you actually know of both of them yeah if i'm not mistaken yeah yeah i met both of them yeah and so it would be a swap off of who would be annoyed about band practice happening at the time that it's happening so it would happen this way every time they would open the door be like Oh, my God, you suck. Can I please go back to sleep? And then they would shut the door. And then I I couldn't even get a rebuttal in in the time. They were just done. And then what would be funny is we would still keep going for, like, two hours after that. And so they would have to, like, leave the house afterwards. But (laughs) did you have anything like that kind of growing up either? Like, Uh, where was anyone coming? I
0: had a practice room in my, like, basement at my parents' house. Uh Mm-hmm. So i kind of had the opposite effect people would come over and like hang out when we were practicing and just like play skate too on mm-hmm. the tv and like we would just be jamming out for an hour or two it was pretty chill actually my parents were always annoyed by it because it was just me screaming into a microphone with my friends like that's the way it always starts though yeah and that's the way it all started but but yeah, no, that's pretty much all I had. I never had anybody like bursting in telling me not to do it. Like, that kind of sucks. <laughs>
1: well, this is, or I think the best ones that a band will always have. That every band seems to have the one story where they were living somewhere and a neighbor tried to tell them that they were playing too loud. And I still love yeah. ours because our landlord actually came and sat in uh, outside in his car with his uh, windows down when we were practicing mm-hmm. one day. And he's like, Yeah, I can barely hear outside of your yard so uh i don't know what the guy's talking about if he keeps harassing you just let us know and i was just like this is the best guy i've ever fucking dealt with <laughs> so then we uh decided to raise the volume after that so. <laughs> so uh but then uh the other thing i wanted to discuss too my favorite thing about this movie is the editing style that they decided to use and uh, especially in the beginning, during when they're kind of doing the going around, hanging out and just causing chaos, essentially, is when they started using the fisheye lens just completely out of nowhere. And it never really comes back in the movie, which is the most ironic part, too. They literally use the fisheye lens for like a little bit of story plot building in the beginning. Yeah. But then it just vanishes. And yeah, it was like only specific scenes needed it, I guess. Well, it's it, kind of cool. It was also they had a unique editing style of this movie, too, is what one note I really had about the, this movie, just because of the fact that it's they were very quick jumps on the edits where you're sitting there in a normal situation and then, boom, you're all of a sudden going right back to a flashback where you got dead running around in a forest. Yeah. And reusing that, that was one. Cool. a lot. It, it yeah. Was, it I'll was, say that. I think it was
0: a tasteful was, use of it. It was well edited and well shot. Yeah. I thought g- it was really well done. Uh, cinematography was like, it wasn't like mind blowing or anything, but it right. was, it was good. And it, they got really lovely shots of Norway. I'll say that. So that was kind of cool.
1: Yeah. Um, but with, without going back into the cock sucking contest of this movie, uh, now we can actually go into talking about some of the different shit that uh, we just kind of encounter in this movie, which I guess we can start with where these, so I guess essentially in the initial lineup of mayhem, they were all jamming together in Euronymous's basement. Then the drummer basically just says, Later, guys. And I love how anyone leaves in this movie and they literally just do like a control alt delete and just bye. <laughs> Wherever they are, yeah, they and instantly vanish. Like, the stories
0: vanish. are always more complicated in real life and they're not going to fully touch on them. So it's always just weird in the movie. You're like, oh, Okay, bye
1: because because like, then after the drummer left is when dead start, starts coming into the story because they try and fill yeah. the different members and they discover dead which uh dead discover sends a uh, tape of him scr- doing the vocals along to their music and he sends it along with a crucified <laughs> fucking mouse which was the first one where i'm like Alright, now we're getting to like some village shit. Let's go. Like <laughs> It actually wasn't their music, it was his old band from Sweden. Really?
0: Yeah. He had a band in Sweden that he left and he was like supposed to go to college and shit, but like didn't. And uh, ended up moving to Norway to join Mayhem.
1: That that is kinda of insane that he literally moved to join this band and then uh it kind of goes into you could already tell like as soon as dead comes into the picture you could already tell that this is a man who's missing a couple screws in the head yeah (laughs) and it's blatantly clear because the first interaction that we see with dead after he gets picked up and uh taken to uh where they're gonna go is he stops tries to get out while the car is moving mind you and just picks up roadkill and takes a big deep whiff and (laughs) and that's when i was sitting there being like this man is going to be an interesting character but then i realized exactly who it was and knowing the history yeah spoiler alert (laughs) it's not gonna end well for dead (laughs) Exactly my point uh, <laughs> Because what it basically happens after Dead kind of gets into it uh, We get to the first point of the movie Where my jaw dropped When this happened uh, Which is the successful cat Murder that you see hanging For the entirety that Dead Dead Is in the picture uh, when In his own quote Bedroom I guess is what you could call it And then <laughs> Then they go and uh, he's trying to get dead out of bed. And then they, he says, hey, look, dead, there's a cat. Let's go get it. <laughs> and this is how you start the depravity and seeing like how sick this stuff was going to be willing to go. I'm not gonna lie I was kind of already preparing to see a second cat murder on screen and I was kind kind of thankful that it didn't decide to go that route because just seeing right. the one cat hanging in the bedroom for the rest of the movie was already just kind of one of those things where I'm like I can't take my eyes off of it because I just know yeah, it's there it was a real looking cat it was really real looking. I'll say that it, well, that's the other thing that I was gonna say about this movie too is the level of details down to the everything that they had in the room they wanted you to know what this person was about from the second you walked in there and right they weren't afraid to just be like this is going to be disturbing but this is going to look great in the end of it because it's going to be going as close as it was to what this person wanted to be delivered as the truth because obviously the truth is subjective because there's always multiple sides to every story right which <laughs> i guess talking speaking more on dead. The laundry list of fucked shit this guy goes through and does in this movie. I am impressed by the gambit that he covers. (laughs) Like he hits on so many different types of the spectrum. Mm. It's like from the moment when right after he tries to almost kill a cat, he tells Euronymous to put the gun. He puts the gun up to his head and is just sitting there saying pull the trigger do yeah. it he's just fascinated by death man I've had a couple friends like that in my life now they grew out of that phase but some people don't you know well and that's the, the thing that you have to wonder is like do you think there's like a defining moment like both in the case of probably like dead or anyone that gets into this do you think there's a defining moment where you're just like huh I just have an inept, inept fascination with dying and I want to just figure out all the different ways to do this and how I could do it if, if need be i think it's morbid curiosity and i think some people take things too far and that combination is very dangerous well do you do you even think it's being so curious of what awaits in the afterlife that they're just willing to just go there to find out maybe who knows
0: i've never thought that way so i can't really answer that question exactly that but if i can can imagine it's probably just yeah a more of a curiosity about what happens next or like maybe people are just so depressed that they want to do it and they're just masquerading as someone that's fascinated when it's really just
1: depression well, like that you know, or they're doing their research to figure out which way they want to go out in the same in the same sense too because you know you there's people know. there is people that you know especially like the ones where there's people out there where they get told it's like hey you basically have X amount of time left to live and you you know that's probably gotta be the point where probably there is morbid curiosity it's like hey do I choose to go out the way of this horrible medical ailment I have going on or could I potentially do it on my own terms right which is kind of deep and twisted to think about but it's one of those things where it's like i think once you start talking about the concept of like death and when you realize how many different ways there actually is to die on this earth it it's fucking insane to what extent it is because it can be the simplest thing or it can be the most complicated thing it's pretty much dealer's choice yeah it's kind of trippy when you think about shit like that and i mean dead clearly thought like that Pretty much for the entirety that he was involved. I mean, even when they had that giant fucking hangout at their, I I don't even know what to call it. It's like almost like just a big ass shed. <laughs> like yeah. they try to make it look like a house, but it literally looks just like a farmhouse that they just. It's like com- a barn. Yeah. That they just completely torn to shreds and you got fucking dead running around with the fucking handsaw. saw. <laughs> <Just, laughs> <just, "Ooh!" laughs> and that was the other thing that it's, it was interesting to see too is kind of paying homage to like those old party scenes that were really the kind of like the heyday in that time. It was just people gathering around a fucking fire and blasting metal and just getting fucked up essentially. Yeah. I don't know how many of them I would actually see willing to walk in the corpse paint that Dead and (laughs) Euronymous decided to do. Because I love that they were the only ones that decided to do that. And the chicks didn't do what every chick I would normally expect to do in that situation uh, would do, which is just look at them, laugh, and then walk away (laughs) because like, well, it was also Norway in the eighties. Who knows? Well, yeah. And that's well, especially with us not being Norwegian, it's really hard to kind of fucking say, but it was also, it was also, (laughs) it was also interesting because you noticed that the way that they had these characters deliver just because I wasn't around or alive during the time of that era of mayhem. I have to wonder, it's like, do you think the actual members of mayhem the original lineup carried themselves with the confidence that they kind of delivered in the movie. Like, because you, know. you notice, like, Euronymous was talking about how it's like throughout the entire thing, he's talking about, like, I am the creator of true Nor- Norwegian black metal. And, like, pretty, I think Euronymous took it more
0: seriously than everyone else, is what I think. I think so. until, too. Until that happened, and then the old members that came back or that stayed or came back or whatever, like Necro Butcher, like he has this yes. attitude now where it's like, oh, uh, all this shit. I was on my way to kill you And I'm just like, bullshit, dude, you're just milking off what happened. Like he would have done to you. I was watching like... die hard too. <laughs> but it's just another way to stay relevant, man. And like mayhem gets mad when people talk about this, all this shit. And it's like, you know what? This is like the only reason people know who the band is. And like yes, you've continued to make good music outside of who, the original members and shit, but like come on. Like right. And I mean don't like get mad when people talk about it, don't, don't get mad when there's a movie made about it, don't get mad about any of that cuz you know what? Like if you left the band, mm-hmm. then
1: who are you to say? Exactly, cuz I mean like this is I feel like the reason why they would do movies like this is to give a chance for the stories that aren't being told to be told. And I think I'm glad to see more of those ones coming out where it's like someone tries to make something showing one side, but then somebody else comes and says, hey, guess what? There's an entire other side you're not hearing here. And right. Which obviously then kind of leads to the crossover where it's like, OK, where do these stories line up and where do these stories fall off? But it it's interesting to see something kind of delivered in this way where like for the next kind of prime example of like fuck shit dead decided to do uh when ma'am was playing the show their first show together uh in the movie i like how his brain decides to go you know we're doing such a good fucking job i'm just gonna start cutting myself on fucking stage (laughs) right and the again the level of detail that they would decide to show in that like the blade going into the flesh and you can see it moving through the flesh like butter i'm i was again this was another jaw dropped and it was interesting because they i would love to see footage of that original mayhem footage and see if uranus and all them were showing the level of concern that the actors showed during the scene just because it's that morbid curiosity again of just being like how close to the source material is it? I wish there was... Is there, like, any source material of that original performance that could be found? Or do you think that's probably, like, lost media for sure? Of, uh, with, with
0: Dead and Euronymous? Yeah. So I found a VHS tape of it on eBay, and I was going to buy it for Christmas for, like, 90 bucks. But Holy I shit. But went to find other stuff. That's But, that's... yeah, it's out there. There's copies of the original, like, performances
1: and, like, mm. rehearsals and shit, so... Well, it exists, it's just like not on the internet. Well, and then after this uh, gig, we kind of get introduced into what's eventually going to become a major, major player in this one, uh, which is uh, Christian, otherwise known as Varg Vikramis. Uh, fuck that guy. Yeah, which I love that the first thing that kind of happens to him is he gets gatekeeped the fuck out of. <laughs> he just right. walks up to me and just goes, Scorpions, and then just walks away. Yeah. <laughs> that's all he needs to say is just scorpions and then i love that they play homage to that later when he's back in his fucking apartment and scorpion's fucking patch is just in the trash can and he's like oh he hurt my feelings right (laughs) but of course meanwhile while uh varg is starting to try and fit in with the crew. Uh, one crew member is being lost because we get into the most infamous moment in Mayhem history before Varg, uh, which is Dead's Suicide, uh, which, mm-hmm. again, bringing it back, the level of detail. Holy shit. The cutting of the arms straight up. Ugh. Like... It, that was body horror for me, where it's like the level of detail they went to that, and then him slicing his throat, and you can hear him gurgling on his own blood. As, right. As he's pulling the shotgun there. And putting it directly to the head And just bam And again them showing the full shot With the like bounce back Of the head as he's And leading to the fall over I was like you went there You fucking went there And that's fucking incredible (laughs) Yeah it was fucking hardcore For sure This whole movie like the violence in it is really uh, Realistic it really is. I mean, cause after Euronimus uh, gets home and discovers uh, the corpse of dead. Uh, wow, that's highly ironic when you say that after that's happened. But mm-hmm. uh, what you go you go ahead and get into is you get into him. Which this is one of the moments where I'm like, how does a person's brain get to thinking like this? Where he does not decide to call anyone and let them know what happened. His first thing he thinks is, wait, this would be a really good album cover. And decides to pull out his camera instead of letting anybody know what the fuck's going on. It's like, what point of depravity or just losing your goddamn mind do you think it takes for a point where you're not going to let somebody know that your friend, best friend killed himself and you're just going to take it for an album cover <laughs> like, right? what level of brain like il- I don't know what mental illness or whatever would lead to that level of just not caring and just being like no I'm focusing straight on being evil and brutal at this point basically kind of doing what Death Clock did before Death Clock <laughs> yeah
0: uh, I don't know I think that's it's don't get me wrong it's a marketing genius but at the same time it's
1: like super disrespectful well and just the way that it's handled afterwards though just cause well cause just for a fun fact about this movie for those that haven't watched it yet or are gonna like watch it after listening to this episode or something uh they play back to the suicide scene in a couple of different deliveries throughout the movie. So there's layers to it that kind of get unveiled as you go deeper into the movie. Like they, they show what he wanted to say happened. Then there's what he wanted to say to look cool. And then there's what actually happens a little bit later down the line in the film where that was a reveal that I was kind of surprised to see because, like, I always kind of assumed that that would be probably more of the reaction, especially once he actually started showing the actual, like, emotion and being, like, actually, like, upset and, like, sad about his friend's death. Yeah. But they they drug it out for so long, I was just like, holy shit, like, they decided to leave this for almost the very last second for you to find out of what actually fucking happened. Yeah. Oh, that's a nice one. That's a nice one. <laughs> uh, well, and then let's go back into the lovable, ah, lovable. No, the fucking asshole Varg. Uh, so, <coughs> Varg is basically kind of what his character gives me the reminding of. Do you know, like, in every series ever that there's like siblings? There's that one annoying, like, kid sibling that has to tag along to every fucking thing. They yeah. always have to be involved in what's going on. They always have to know what's going on, even if it doesn't involve them. That's exactly what Varg gave me from the jump. Yeah, for sure. Like a lost puppy dog trying to... <laughs> it was like, are you my mommy? Like, <laughs> oh, So gross. Well, and he's also just... You can tell he's, like, faking his way through it the entire fucking time. Like, he's trying to act, like, at first... Well, I I guess... Let me correct that. At first, he's trying to make it seem like he doesn't understand anything about what's going on. Right. Nor, like, what he needs to say to sound the most brutal and the most evil while all these people that he's around just completely already under understand each other. And he's basically just like, Hey guys, look at me. I can be like this too. Right. And it goes as far as him going ahead and starting his own project. Uh, Well, of course, after Euronymous goes ahead and start his starts his own record label, death, like silence uh, where he can go ahead and release mayhem's music on their own. Uh, And Varg decides to go ahead and just be like, well, if he can do this, I can do this too and goes ahead and creates his own project that would be later known as Burzum uh which if I'm not mis- oh no, I was about to say is Burzum still playing if I'm not mistaken? Still making music, yeah. I was about to say I didn't know if they were in the same level of mayhem of still doing stuff or still actively playing shows or anything. I was kind of Well, kinda... it's all just him. It's a one-man band. Well, yeah, cuz it well, first he had to kind of, you know, get out get out of jail. <laughs> right. Uh the one Oh, yeah. This is one thing I really wanted to put a like big note on. I love how much this movie referenced Dead Alive in so many different forms in this movie. It actually kind of became like a, the movie within the movie for yeah. Lords of Chaos, which was one where I love that fucking movie. So, of course, I was just already stoked where I'm like, yes, now I get to see my favorite movie in a movie that I already like. So yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. And so it's, it's, it's the best part about it. And I, it's it also one of those things where it's like, I love that their idea of it's like, oh, if I'm going to be watching something, it's got to be dark and brutal, too. And then it's just like dead alive. I'm like, you got a pretty good title there to go ahead off the dark and right. brutal hell yeah yeah uh well and then the other going into varg is at one point as uh the different black circle members and the forming of the black circle it kind of starts going into one part that i was wanting to talk about which is my comparison i was kind of making this movie to the modern day metal scene oh. uh And it's more to do in the fact of the gatekeeping that happens in this movie, as well as just, like, the competition aspect that kind of is created. Not to... I would say not in the current metal scene would it ever... It's not ever getting to the level of obviously what Mayhem and the Black Circle did. Yeah. But I think there's
0: there's, always going to be competition, man. Like, listen, I'm glad all my friends are in bands, but if I have a chance to open for a band and so do you i'm taking it like
1: i just don't think it's gonna gotten gotten back to it like i'm just glad it's never in the current time really gotten up to the level where it's like it's people trying to like retaliate against each other for like other actions and shit like that No,
0: yeah there's never anything like that in our scene fuck no people are adults we all have lives like we're not fucking 19 20 year old kids with nothing to lose making actual money playing music it's like that's so rare in the first place exactly so like so like no no there is no fucking crazy antics in the local scene there's no like rivalries really there's no any of that like everyone's pretty chill with each other but like you do have healthy competition you know i would say definitely healthy There's shows that everyone wants to get on, but some bands will because they talk to the right people and they figure shit out. And it's always going to be that way, man. Like it's how it has to be. That's how it's like survival of the fittest, you know, like for shows at least for shows, like anyone can write music, put it out, like do that. I'm sure if it's good, people will love it, you know, like, but for shows, shows are like politics that's true and a lot of fucking uh what do they call it um networking and shit like that like Mm -hmm. it's a lot of fucking politics and a lot of uh building communication with people and like being in the right circles when stuff happens right i mean do you almost see see a lot of of that kind of stuff in lords of chaos but it's like shadier you know what i mean it's like shady back dealings and, like, people are getting fucked over and stuff like that. And I feel like I feel like if the scene was as strong as it was when we were kids, it would totally be not this bad, but, like... Could
1: get close. I would say
0: could almost, get close. N- not to the part where people are getting hurt, but, like, up until that point, the people would fuck with each other hard, you know? Like, exactly. Exactly. I feel I, like we're lucky that shit didn't pop off and we didn't get big when we were younger or,
1: like, anything didn't happen when we were, like, 18 or yeah, 19. Yeah, fucking you know? right. Fucking well, and so especially like, with no emotional intelligence on on how to handle those situations either, because, like, we would have been 18, 19, we would have had no idea how to fucking handle those situations because we've never been here right. before. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then the other part that I was thinking more about it that I more noticed it is it uh, is the kind of gatekeeping that they were kind of trying to do to Varg from the jump. Uh, Where it's like, now looking back, they probably should have gatekeeped him harder. But I noticed that that still seems to be a lot of a thing in the modern metal scene, too. Like, to a very extreme point, I would almost say. Here's my opinion on gatekeeping.
0: I think it it is a good and a bad thing. Okay. Okay, people are going to listen to that and go, what the fuck does this guy mean? I think gatekeeping is okay so like people say that gatekeeping is like telling other fans of a genre or fans of an IP Mm -hmm. like oh you can't do this because it doesn't adhere to the original whatever you know like that kind of stuff like or like this music sucks because of this and blah 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 blah. I'm more uh
1: okay okay Um, what the hell happened? My bad, I don't know know what just fucking happened there. Are you still recording? Yeah, I'm still recording, we're good.
0: All right. Anyway, yeah, um, what were you saying? <laughs> so I think gatekeeping is a way for people that are true diehards of something to tell people like, "Hey, something you are doing or saying or like trying to expose like isn't there yeah. like kind of thing like you're trying to do this thing within this community." And it kinda goes against what this community stands for. Right. And I I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I think people can do it to the extent where it is a negative thing, obviously. Yeah. Like I just think that like a little light gatekeeping here and there isn't really bad if the intention is good.
1: That's an interesting viewpoint. That is actually a really interesting viewpoint.
0: Like I am a gatekeeper of Metalocalypse, bro. Like there are people that's doing fair. stupid shit in the community sometimes, and I'm just like, dude, that's dumb. Like, and I don't say shit, but like if, if my opinion is asked, I'll be like, yeah, I don't. I don't, I mean, good for you for being creative, but I, I just don't like this. You know, it's just not my thing, and whatever. And they're like, oh, you're gatekeeping. I'm like, yeah. Well, I mean
1: i just don't like it <laughs> i don't have to like everything you know what i mean like, well it's, it's taking the uh, the idea that you have to understand with art it's like you're never going to please everybody 100 percent, and that right. can take it into any form of art that you are making whether it's like you know you're podcasting you're a musician you're a videographer or an art an actual artist like you are not going to please everyone with it but the ones that are going to be into it are going to be into it and the ones that aren't aren't you can try right. your best to try and convert them but guess what? But if you can't convert them you just gotta take it as a loss and move the fuck on like right <laughs> i don't
0: know no I feel you. it's just like uh i don't know i feel like if you are kind of defending what you think to be like the creator's intentions mm-hmm. then i don't think it's a bad thing you know like i don't think you're being an asshole but like if you're just like telling people that have a different opinion than you that like they can't be fans of whatever like Mm -hmm. that's stupid people can have whatever opinion they want and be fans of whatever but like there are i don't know man it's just such a touchy topic you know like gatekeeping is 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 a weird thing
1: well, and that's the thing that I like kind of handling on some of these ones as well. when I see a topic that I feel like can also be very relevant in this, I feel like these discussions do need to be kind of had just because like they are ones where it's like, yeah, it may be controversial opinions at points, but that's like the same thing. It's just like assholes. We all have opinions and no, everyone's is different from everyone else's. Like we can right. all have different ones. And it's just I, I feel like people need to get back to the point where people can have differing differing opinions. That doesn't make them, like, less than or, like, a reason to be, like, made fun of or, like, bullied for their opinion. It's like, well, it's my opinion. I can have it if I want to have I it. I welcome like, the bullying. You should bully me. <laughs> Cyber bully me and then just, I'm going to throw hot dogs through your window. <laughs> I'll just use all the fucking shit that people say to me that's negative as song lyrics. I'll
0: make,
1: I'll make a song out of it. You Called can just do Cyber like... Ball. Or do, you like, what fucking Psycho Stick did with the Sad Face song, where yeah. he was just reading through, like, sad Facebook posts. <laughs> right. Just do uh, that. That'd well, be funny. I think what I'm going to go ahead and do is give us a little time here to get realigned and then uh, go ahead and we'll come back, sell you some shit, and then we'll go into the good shit, like Varg and his various burning ATings. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right, we'll be right back with you in a second here. Whoop!
0: Attention all geeks, are you ready ready to experience experience TWG at the next level? Head on over to patreon.com slash TWG podcast right now to join our community of dedicated supporters. But what can you expect as a patron of the Weekly Geekly? We've got perks lined up for you that will blow your mind. VIP access to our exclusive Discord server, early access to all weekly
1: weekly content, merch, shoutouts, and much more. So
0: if you love what we do and you want to support the guys, head on over to patreon.com slash TWG podcast today. To the I don't know. The Weekly Geekly is pretty cool.
1: And the Monster
0: Filter Podcast. Oh my gosh, your dick is mangled.
1: All right, welcome back. We got ourselves a little bit more choofed. More, more I got myself realigned up. Now it's time to sell you some shit. And I guess we'll go ahead and sell, start with our best shit that we have to sell you Patreon.com slash DWG Podcast. We are been moving on over the some new stuff from the feeds on over to the patreon ones we got a couple of exclusive shows on that there now don't we lucian yeah let's see um we have
0: dnd fight club we have uh death album reviews we have game pod we've got some actual interviews on there that are exclusive like uncensored Frylock interview oh that's gonna be a good one <laughs> yeah we've got uh sungu kwan the uh character designer of metalocalypse we got a whole uh, article interview with him that was really 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 cool So there's a lot of cool stuff on patreon if you want to support the podcast it's only three dollars a month minimum five dollars gets you vip discord access of course you can always join the discord if you want at discord.gg slash the weekly geekly but patreon.com slash twg podcast is the best way to support what we do and keep us able to do it to be honest like some of us need new equipment some of us uh need like proper paperwork fees for conventions that we can work to get you more content so there's a lot of stuff that we need that we're currently trying to get but i think if you guys want more of us that's the best way to get it so consider becoming a patron today if not check us out on youtube spotify soundcloud anywhere you get your podcast
1: especially youtube if you want that little extra video crunch oh yeah say so definitely be- yeah Be be sure to take advantage of the the, uh, free trial, too. You can get a week free trial and uh, see if it's right for you before you go ahead and do a full commitment of... Nope, we ended the week trial. Sorry,
0: we might bring it back. Who knows? But for now, $3 a month. That's like less than the cup of coffee that you
1: get every day at scooters. Or you get the $5 VIP and that's less than two McChickens. <laughs> yeah. And so you uh, got your options. You could either get a bunch of fucking content or two chicken sandwiches. <laughs> Once we get to 50 patrons, I'm going to start doing live streams on, uh, on Patreon. Which we've talked, okay. we talked about a couple ideas we've, we've had with that. And yeah. some of them, uh, include maybe even bringing back the old style where we, uh, Riff over movies and such in the live stream. So if you want to see that and be able to join in with it, uh, you have to go ahead and go and support that Patreon because you'll never know yeah. what happens unless you support. Yeah. So. Quit looking at yourself. Cat. <laughs> we're on
0: Twitch. We're on all that, but I just do that for fun, man. Really, the Patreon is really where where you need to go if you want to support. But we appreciate you guys for listening, also. So thank you for being here. Subscribe if you haven't. We have plenty more content coming out. Uh, on both Hot Dads Cool Shots Weekly Geekly and Thoughts and Shots so there's so much coming at you nowadays don't want you to
1: miss out yeah soon enough you'll be able to catch the party block when we get the episodes consistent enough where it'll be us and Hot Dads dropping on Saturday and Sunday so you can party your way through the weekend with Thoughts and Shots and Hot Dad Cool Shots (laughs) hell yeah Hell and, yeah! I'm excited. Yeah, and then if you also want to help support uh, the geekly as well, you can go ahead and check out Voodoo's odd shop at thirteen twenty three South Thirteen Street in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, if you want to go, just no, sorry, thirteen twenty three Martha Street. Sorry, thirteen twenty three Martha Street. Uh, yeah, because I if I you've been more involved with them than I have just since I'm still yeah. kind of whole new to the Geekly. Voodoo's a great guy. I love him. I've uh, I met him. I want to say 2019
0: 2018 2019 in that kind of area yeah and we formed a partnership where we're like you know what i'll have you on every once in a while you have me at your events and we can do some content at your events it'll be fun and we've been doing all of his voodoo's odd shops events every year uh which is is just been a blast so he now is set up at the admiral Ooh. Oh, excuse me. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we have a really nice room in the Admiral where we can now make content at the Odd Shop event, um, which is now, I think, twice a year. So that's going to be fucking cool.
1: Are they doing the spring one 420, if If, I'm not mistaken? Yep. Which is also funny, because is it Molden also playing a show that day on 420? Yep. (laughs) That's Thrash of the Titans with uh, Y'all and Aurelius, if I'm not mistaken, isn't it? Yep. Aha, see, I got you a free plug in there for your show, too. <laughs> so
0: we're going to fucking be... It's either going to be a busy-ass fucking weekend, or I'm going to have to not do that event and have one of you guys cover with Zach. That's what I got we'll, kind of figured. We'll, it'll probably be, like, I won't be able to be, make that event, neither will Dusty. Probably have like you, Scott, and Zach record some stuff. And Chaos make and
1: Lords. <laughs> and fucking... Be some chaos lords, yeah. And
0: get some fun content, I think it'd be fun.
1: Oh, yeah, um, it's always a good time when you get any of the geekly squad together, honestly. So, <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, um, I, I can hook you up with a little extra equipment if you want to bring your gear down there, it yeah. uh, wouldn't be hard, so. yeah. Well, it wouldn't be hard whatsoever. But you know what helps us do the stuff like that is also supporting the thoughts and shot sponsors that we have. We have w.gg use code stony baloney for 10% off. This is the zero sugar. Uh, zero calorie energy that you need because guess what? It don't give you the crash. It don't give you the jitters. It don't give you them shake shake so that you look like you have Parkinson's. But <laughs> uh, you can go ahead and use our code Stony Baloney and get 10% your order at code at w gg. Uh, be sure to use that code because any of the. Uh, sales from there using that code will go straight to us so that we can help grow the show as well as going to www.supporttheriffs.com, which is our official merch store we got stuff for your body we got stuff for your house we got stuff for your drinks uh, and they're all there just ripe up for the grabbing uh, if you that's the really best way to help support our show directly we've had people actually our basis Kira was nice enough to buy one of the esports jerseys that we made. I think like two years, a year, year and a half ago. I think it is now. Either way, it actually came out looking fucking sick. The print print came out fucking amazing. I'm still waiting to get one of the ones with uh team green, uh, our uh, team four twenty. But uh oh, yeah. yeah, you got to go check that shit out. Please go check out all the fucking sponsors. They help keep both of our trains running, and uh, with your support, you can help us keep running too. All right, let's get the fuck back into the Lords of Chaos while we become the Lords of Chaos. Uh, (laughs) So after uh, Varg kind of gets mixed into the Black Circle, uh, we find out that Varg is doing the next most infamous moment, to be honest, in most black metal history, which is Varg starting his church burnings. And, uh, obviously because what essentially happens at this point of the film is we go straight into basically what the dick jerking contest of who can be the most fucked up, who can be the most evil, who can be the most brutal. And it turns into a competition where everyone's trying to one up each other one by one. And obviously, you know, your is going ahead and using all these to his ultimate advantage. And... Varg, this is where you can t- kind of tell that I this is around the time where I started to notice little tiny things that they gave away in, in the like the way they were presenting presenting the scenes that you could tell Varg was kind of getting sick of Euronymous, especially around the time when he started getting into the church burnings because yeah. like the way he looks at him <coughs> on the first uh, church burning that Varg and Euronymous go go together He looks over at him just a certain way where you can I think you can tell that's where like the content or the contempt is kind of starting to build in him where he's like, how are you the leader of this here when I'm the one going ahead and actually doing these things? And this is just the first one, which I mean, to be fair, though these church burnings are probably some of the most like notable moments in black metal history though. Like where Mm -hmm. if you hear the term black and death metal or black metal, you think about those church burnings pretty much instantaneously. Yeah. I mean, and I won't lie though, the pictures that they did get to come out of them are some of the most brutal looking fucking things I have ever fucking seen. Yeah. So I don't blame them for trying to use it for promo. Uh, but as we get into the church burning ratings, uh we also kind of get into Euronymous trying to figure out how to keep Deathlike Silence going uh, and went ahead by doing that by rec- recording Varg's Burzum album to release on Deathlike Silence uh, with the help of Varg's mother. Because he never really directly admits it, but I think he was a more well-off like member of the black metal crew because it seemed like the more the the black metal crew was more just kind of just well actually to be fair they were all kind of seemed like they were from better off families and they just like yeah dark dark and metal pretty much and that was just what brought them together
0: everyone in this situation was like that like their parents paid for everything they were privileged Mm -hmm. they had like no reason to feel that way they just wanted to be dark and brutal so like People get it twisted all the time. They weren't dark and brutal. They just thought they were.
1: Well, I, I, my first thing that came into the curiosity is, I, I, like, especially for just you specifically, if you were to just, like, walk in on one of these black circle things, like, what would be, like, the first thing you would do? It, like, walking into, like, a black circle meeting or, like, them just hanging out in that fucking dungeon in the basement? I'd be like, the what's directory. up, dude? <laughs> Who wants some weed? <laughs> like, what are y'all doing? I don't know. I wouldn't be violent or anything. I'd just be like, what's up? I see what's weird is when I was watching this movie I was just like sitting there being like, I don't know for what reason why I believe this, but I just feel like Lou should be able to walk into here and I feel like he would just be like instantly welcomed and just be like, Brother <laughs>
0: Probably.
1: Maybe like they'd recognize my brutalness. Right. And uh so as we get kind of from through the church burnings, uh basically everyone is wondering what's going to be done next. Where the next step that kind of follows in this uh, comes from the Black Circle member Faust, uh, who tells his mom, oh, hey, I'm going out, whatever, uh, no big deal. And is just chilling at a bar with a beer when we have our <laughs> a scene that I'm going to be honest, I didn't expect This type of scene to come out of this movie, but again, it was another one I was really glad to see happen. Just because this man that they cast as the guy that was hitting on Faust was such a weird mix of (laughs) like obvious gay, but also like somehow to catch a predator. That's the first vibe I got from him, because I was just waving for him, because, like, he almost gave me, like, a weird, like, Mr. Rogers vibe at the same time, with just the, like, way he was dressed, where he's, like, it was almost like a mobster Mr. Rogers with his little tracksuit, like, baby blue tracksuit. Yeah. So what happens is fellas is sitting at the bar just trying to drink his beer and keep himself. You can tell he's an introvert because he just looks entirely uncomfortable during this entire thing. Uh he's kind of making eyes, like, eye contact, but not really, like, advances towards him. But, of course, this person's an idiot and can't read advances. (laughs) Like, that type of... If someone's making eye contact like Jack Nicholson in The Shining to you across the bar, run. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's either about to get real interesting or it's about to get real bad. Um, So... He uh, is walking back. I'm not sure if he... I think he kind of had a plan for him from the moment that he locked eyes on him. But uh, Faust decides to start walking back. He follows him, catches up with him. Is pretty outright about it, honestly. (laughs) Like, he didn't say, like, give him a chance of hello. It was going straight for the grabbing of the cock. Like... (laughs) It's like, I bet you can do a lot of cock pushups. Yeah. (laughs) Like, and there was no, like, even, like, foreplay going into it or anything. It was just like, I'm going to grab your cock and you're going to grab mine. And the only thing he can say at the moment is, no, not here. (laughs) Like, it was delivered literally, like, almost like a soap opera moment where, like, Dude's trying to kiss on the woman, and when she just goes, no, not here. We can't. (laughs) So they decide, he decides to pull him off, and we get to probably. (laughs) This is one of the ones where I would say the senseless violence kind of kicks in. Uh, Faust takes this man back to a, I don't know, kind of like a brushy part of the park that he's in. And makes it seem like he's about to let them do what they want to do then he just starts stabbing and when I mean he stabs he stabs quite a bit I Mm. don't know what the exact count was but I think it was something close to like 30 something I think it was 30 to 40 if I'm not mistaken because basically he just started with initial stabs to get him off and he kept trying to like take the knife away from him and he would just stab him more and then when he's dead on the floor and already dying he decides to you guessed it stab him some more <laughs> Like it's senseless and it's the most beautiful level of senseless I've seen because like he wants to make sure he's not getting back up from this like there's no recovery there's no coming back from it like he's laying where he's laying and he's not coming back. I mean, it was surprising to see it out of a member like Faust where he's kind of just been one where it's just kind of like lurking in the shadows is there but not really like super prominent. And then this brings him up, kind of up the, the food chain in the black circle, which is interesting that he's just like, Varg sitting here trying to be like, oh yeah, I burned another church. Look what I did. And fucking Faust is like, I killed a man. Right. <laughs> like, and that's, that's the best, like the part about it is Varg's just going off and basically kind of being like, hey, pat me on the back. I did this. And then he just took him out in one sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which, I guess, leads to pretty much just the start of the downhill effect of Euronimus your, 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 and uh, Varg for the rest of the fucking film. Because uh, Varg decides to get the genius idea of, hey, I'm going to go to the press and let them know who's doing the church burnings without letting them know who's doing the church burnings. <laughs> Were you also, when you watched this the first time, did you just sit there and look at him at that exact moment and look at him and just go, you're an idiot. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) You're a fucking moron, dude. I mean, I'm I'm really... Well, I mean, to be fair, Euronymous also did pretty much the same thing of just looking at him and just be like, no, you're stupid. This is not going to work. And we go into that exact interview and... It's almost cringy how hard he's trying to look like. He looked like he was almost paying homage to like multiple like black metal music videos that hadn't even came out yet in the context of this movie. Because <laughs> he looked right. like... The way he was dressed or whatever, he looked like Satricon, uh, in uh, the Mother North music video where he's wearing like the fucking cloak and uh, they're just walking around like fucking rings of fire pretty much in the forest. And I'm just like, you are trying way too hard. And then where it's like the interviewer kind of calling him out on his where it's like where what do you guys stand for because he's like oh we're for odin okay but you're a nazi but you believe in pagan paganism but you're also a satanist where i feel like that's a lot of how things work now and just in everything where there's so many people that say it's like oh yeah i i'm in this type of lifestyle it's like oh cool oh, but I still go ahead and do X, Y, and Z that don't match up with the religious standpoints, but matches up with a different religious standpoint. And it's like, cool, what the fuck are you? (laughs) Hmm. Like, just that confusion of where it's like, it seems like so many people are trying to find something to try and make their own, but they don't understand that it's already been something that has kind of had standards set out and most, yeah. most of them are very set to those standards and, and again the call out of Varg in this is probably one of the smoothest things ever because that's right when his story starts to unravel and he goes into fucking panic mode right he starts freaking out yeah which I love that Varg's fighter flight is either I'm going to run away or I'm going to narc on my entire group <laughs> right that dude sucks fuck he, that dude Well, and I love that his friend is the entire time acting, like, almost like a fucking Jeffrey from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Like, his interview's going down the fucking, the fucking shitter, and the guy, his best friend just comes in and just goes... How about some tea? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just sitting there like, first off, your power dynamic. It's very blatantly obvious. Fucking love it. <laughs> He's the bottom. You are the top. We get it. <laughs> That's my job. is my boy. which again their power dynamic just kind of just keeps on pretty much the same standard throughout the rest of the movie and then i love how he goes from oh i'm not gonna narc on my group to completely basically narcing on his group letting them know and then getting pictures taken of him which then Euronymous uses to steal credit and make it seem like Mayhem was the one that did it, but since it was Varg, he kinda just keeps furthering the backstabbing because then Hieronymus goes ahead and some backstab stabs him. It's interesting, like uh, the just the amount of deceit that kinda happened Yeah
0: so quickly. I was that too. Like everyone just fucked each other over so fast. It was like this
1: strong group but the group was weak as fuck when it turned out, you know. It's weird I almost would have com- I would have compared them to like a black metal like mobster or like mafia type is the way they kind of operated if you think about it just cuz they they would set out these plans to and they had further plans to go ahead and like hit these like major fucking targets and shit. Yeah and I don't know it's just interesting that like the way they operated it kind of almost was like almost like a mob or like a mafia of sorts just because they were like if you fuck with us like you're done like something is going to happen to you right uh, I, and then uh, we kind of get to slowly see Varg kind of unravel at the same time uh, where he's completely lost his trust and quit mayhem at this point where he's told Euronymous it's like I can do this on my own now. I don't fucking need you. And... We get our kind of... First little... I think this is the first part where I think you can kind of tell where the stories start becoming mixed very quickly. Which is around this part of the movie. Where... Euronymous says at the record store that when he goes to meet up with Varg to talk about this whole... uh, Issue between the two of them... That he's going to tase him. He's going to drag him out to the forest and make a snuff film out of it. And then when he gets up there, he just basically is just like, oh, hey there, buddy. Uh, You're not being very nice to me, and I don't really like that. (laughs) And I'm seriously wondering, in the time between him setting up the time to talk to him and being so pissed off and saying he's going to do that, what changed between him at the record store to him meeting up with Varg? Right. Because if you're gonna say something that deep, that's shit that you better fucking back the fuck up if you're gonna say it. Like, those aren't aren't words you can go back from. Right. You talking about when Euronymous
0: said he was gonna fuck up Varg? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he was saying it out of anger, and that was apparently very normal for Euronymous. He was someone that made empty threats. And he always said the people that really know him know he's never really serious. So he said that to somebody and didn't really think about the consequences of it, you know?
1: Well, it's interesting because then the best friend of uh, Varg delays or relays this information uh, to him that another member of the Black Circle told him so that he told Varg. And then we get Varg. I'd say this is the moment where Varg has completely lost his shit. He's fucking destroying shit in his apartment and basically he's got bloodlust going and he wants him fucking dead uh yeah. which the build up leading into Varg uh, running into Uranomus, or Euronymous U- is interesting because it comes with so many different layers cause first you got the issue of he's trying to figure out how to do this but he realizes that the person he's with is not from a well off family and has no money <laughs> and he's right. like oh, fuck, if I get gas from here on my credit card, they're going to be able to track that, and then I'm going to go down. And he's trying to clear his footprints of pretty much every move he's making leading up to uh, essentially killing Euronymous. And Euronymous, however, is already starting to kind of make his transformations where he's like, I'm not sure I want to do this anymore, where it's like this was supposed to be for fun, and... I'm getting to a point in my life where i don't really want to do this shit and he ends up obviously meeting uh his they never really say it but like they the girlfriend and or euronymous is it was girlfriend i think he didn't get any further farther than girlfriend i think with that uh blonde yeah cheek, i th- believe i i'm not 100 for sure they don't really even really start dating and anything. They basically just go from fucking to just hanging out together all the time, which I guess is that's just really how it goes. Right. (laughs) Ah, One fuck and it's like, so what you doing tomorrow? (laughs) Uh, And then we go ahead and go into uh, from the gas station. You can see Varg kind of getting to the same level of paranoia that Uranimus was. After Varg's press interviews where, you know, he's thinking the cops are around him at every fucking corner that they're watching everything he does. And he starts kind of going into a paranoid state. But then it's interesting that after that happens, right. Varg kind of enters the same state. And yeah, I'd almost say a more severe version of paranoia anyway, because like he couldn't be talked down or nothing. He basically knew what he was going to do and would not be stopped from doing it. And anyone who got in his way would pretty much join the same fate. And they, I'm not—if I'm not, not mistaken—they drove from Bergen, I believe, is where they were residing in Norway for Varg. Hmm. It's Bergen, I think. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so they roll up into Oslo to. The original plan is for him, as a kind of peace offering, Euronymous went ahead and sent them a contract where essentially releasing them from the label, saying it's like, hey, you're going to get all your music and all your rights, like, good luck to whatever you're going to do. To be honest, I think he was trying to actually settle this in a very, like, professional way. Yeah, Euronymous seemed like he was over it.
0: He was even, he cut his hair and he was getting into electronic music. Like, he
1: was over this shit. I think it was an empty threat and he didn't mean it, you know? If he wasn't killed, he might have been in Nine Inch Nails. Who (laughs) would have (laughs) known? Seriously, uh, you had talent. uh, He really did. He had a special kind of talent. And it's one of those things where, I guess, kind of leading up into our grand finale of the movie, uh, we lead into Varg uh, meeting up with Euronymous. And Euronymous is completely under the false tense of realizing that uh, in the false pretense that he was just going to come over sign the contract that's it even though he's like well wait I made it so that you can mail it but okay whatever not really seeing anything going on and then pretty much the remainder of what happens of this movie is Varg almost just like playing cat and mouse with Euronymous before he kills him essentially Cause he had everything plotted out. Just cause, like, you saw, you saw exactly how he handled it. He took, right. the key, he took his keys from him, or so he thought. And uh, he's already been stabbed enough times that he already knows it's just a matter of time till he bleeds out. And while he's trying to go ahead and find his keys, how would you pronounce that fucking drink thing he was trying to make? It looked like a like a version of like Norwegian Ovaltine almost. <laughs> Yeah I don't know (laughs) That was fucking weird (laughs) Oh Varg's trying to get his little orphan Annie Decoder pen (laughs) Like fucking chocolate milk Or something I don't know It literally did and That's the other part that Varg I was sitting there Just being like you're sitting there Like literally just Paying no remorse towards Your person A person that like took you in And let you in but then again like he did kind of do it kind of backstabby and shady in the same sense. So it's it's a weird sense of like karma kind of coming around to bite him, especially for all the shit he talked and like things he said he was going to do, but never actually fucking did, which as he's bleeding on the floor, I think this is the one that moment that hit me the hardest, not where I was just like, Ooh, that fucking sucks. Or that like, that was a rough one to sit through is he's bleeding on the floor after he's been stabbed by Varg god i don't even want to know but i think he's got to be up to like 40 to 50 times being stabbed by varg i'm no, pretty it was sure.
0: insane. yeah 20 or 30 at least like it was insane he cut his foot on a lamp that broke too so he like hit him artery which caused him to bleed out even more and then the head was the one that really did it for sure yeah
1: but what sucks is before he gets it to the fucking head too he literally is just telling him it's like I'm so, like I'm sorry. I'm all fucking talk. Like I, anyone right. who knows me knows I'm all fucking talk. Basically admitting to it, and you know what's the hardest part is that they then look at over at Varg, and you can see the exact moment he realizes where it's like, oh shit. But then he's like, well, too late now. I gotta go full Monty right. on this one. Right. And then uh, we kind of go from there. Because luckily, he Euronymous was smart to try and talk to somebody to try and help him, but uh, Varg made sure that the help never came to him in time, and unfortunately, he gets to die bleeding out on the floor while being stabbed to fucking death. Right, and I love how he handles it. It's like, well, and there you go. there's that end. I told you it wasn't gonna end good for me, <laughs> like, yeah, the movie
0: was a good way to they ended it well, like it was graphic as fuck though, like man, it was hard to watch to be honest, like. I like horror movies and stuff, but, like, this was... Knowing it was based on reality, it was even harder to watch, well,
1: so... going from the fact that, like, uh... Like, for different things of this movie that they decided to go to the full level, to, Like, uh, yeah. showing Dead's brain matter and the suicide. Right. Showing, like, the knife in the head and him struggling to pull the knife out of the head and his eyes rolling back in his head. Like, right. everything is done to a certain level of detail. But I love that they decided to... Uh, as the the movie ends, which the end, movie basically ends with the Black Circle get, members that betrayed Euronymous basically going down for what they did, or mm. their involvement in it, or you know continuing on in life, whatever have you. And I love that it goes, let's stop this sentimental shit and uh get back to the shit that really matters or get back to the way that we like it and then it kind of flashes back to all the old footage and kind of matching it up again one last time with some of the actual foot like pictures and like video that they took uh back in the day yeah. of actual mayhem which, it's funny, because after watching this movie, the Mayhem document, uh, the black metal documentary popped up in my YouTube feed. So <laughs> that's probably gonna be my next watch. I think it was the one that you linked when you were talking about the Mayhem episode, so. Nice. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's a pretty good one. They get the facts right, I'll i would say just, that. Yeah, that, I will actually say that this movie as a whole is like, I, I talked about it a couple times in the comments section that uh, I have on my Facebook post. Uh, from my personal page that this is a movie where there's shocking elements of it, but I would also highly recommend uh, watching it because it is a well done documentary film, I would say. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, I would say that I would say I would say less on the documentary and more on the film side. Yes. Like it's not the complete accurate way of, of how it went down, but it gets the gist across So if you're at all curious about the birth of black metal and the time frame of when that happened and kind of one of the founding members of it, this is an excellent movie that'll get you into it. And then if you like the movie, do your research, do your research on what actually happened. There's plenty of stuff on Wikipedia, on YouTube, everywhere where you can find out exactly what happened and... Kind of understand like how they played it out for the movie and how I'll say this Varg was all over the internet for years telling his side of the story and I just I honestly don't want to hear it that guy's scum. My my friend
1: commented on it basically saying that the the fact that Varg was pissed about this movie being released is basically why he loved it. Now looking back at it, I'm kind of glad too because it's like good. This deserves to piss you off because guess what? Right now you're not looking like the hero of the story. You're looking like the one that was a piece of shit, honestly, like, and you were right. a piece of shit. Exactly.
0: And it's like, you need to own up to it, man. Like, I don't know. It, it just rubs
1: me the wrong way, I guess. So, well, and I mean, it's, it, it kind of gave me this, this entire movie just gave me an interesting thing that like, they took so many different elements of different styles. Cause Again, the thing I kept going back to, and I still can't stop talking about it, is every flashback scene they decided to do, like the dream sequence where after he uh, fucked his girlfriend, uh, uh-huh. and he's laying there in bed and just is his eyes shut, and he goes into that uh, flashback where it's going back to him and dead uh, running through the forest, and everything just starts getting fucking trippy, real fucking fast, and then he's you know picking up the brain matter like he's about to eat it, but of course never yeah. does it. Uh, But I love how they decided to do that and not to mention, like, bring it back. But they didn't overdo it. And I think it was done in a tasteful amount. And they made it different enough each time that I welcomed it each time it happened, I would say.
0: Yeah, it stood out from the rest. It wasn't just the same thing over and over
1: again. I'll say that. So I agree. Well, before we get into our kind of final thoughts and last question I got uh, Hmm. together for this one, we got to take ourselves a little drinky drink. Drink. Down the hatch. (sighs) all right so (laughs) the last question i kind of wanted to have be our last call here is i so i made this in the comment section too and i was hoping to kind of get uh some ones i'm actually gonna try and see if i can pull up some of those answers real quick Hmm. uh so i asked it in our facebook post uh on thoughts and shots so even after this episode if you want to comment uh this your answers to this on the facebook post or in the soundcloud comment section whatever you want to do uh if you could find another band that you would like to be see- given this style of like documentary film who do you think you would choose and uh why hmm another metal band i would say anybody honestly any musical artist that you can think of i don't know because it's like they have to have a crazy story you know it's true well because there's somewhere it's just like I want to see that level of like the like where they came from and like how this kind of all started uh, I actually if I could think of one uh, Behemoth Behemoth would be one yeah. I'd really like to see because like you have to think about it they've been around just as long as some of the other black metal greats honestly uh, I'd say Lamb of God Lamb of God would be
0: an interesting one that'd be a cool movie to watch Going from Burn the Priest to Lamb of
1: God. Oh, what's another one that I'd like? You know what has has Korn ever got in their own like doc film done? No, that'd be one I'd be kind of interested to see. That would be cool. I think there was a time where I probably would have enjoyed maybe seeing a Slipknot one, but I feel like that information has been kind of like public knowledge for so long. But, I mean, like, it'd be interesting because I have a feeling that there's – well, with it being so many band members, I feel like there's so many different sides they would have to try and get source material from, and it, something wouldn't add up, and they wouldn't really be able to make a coherent choice on what's tell what side of the story to tell because there's so many different sides for a, a Slipknot biopic, at least. Yeah. Hmm, who would it be another one? Ah. Uh... Fuck, that's a, it's, it's always a hard one to think that of who, what are bands Cradle of Felt would be one I'd be kind of interested to see. Cradle of Felt would be a good one Or uh F- Ooh, fucking Belphegor would be kind of interesting to see how the uprising of them kind of happened too yeah, like, good like point. Any like any of the like more brutal, darker metal bands that are still around kind of almost kind of seeming like they're trying to bring back the same message that like Mayhem was trying to do in the original one where it's like we are here to be dark and brutal and evil and that's it. Like right. I don't know any of those would be a really dope one to see too. I'm almost <laughs> There's even that little tiny part of me that I'd love to hear like something that, like, happened to, like, a pop group that, like, some super fuck shit happened to or something. Kind of, you know, kind of like, you know how they did, like, the Jackson 5, like, documentary film back in the day, too, where they were talking about all the shit that, like, the Jackson 5 went through when they were growing up and touring as the Jackson 5 and the abuse and right. all that shit. <laughs> I, but it's, it's weird because I'm like... <laughs> Let's get it let's get a LMFAO fucking biopic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Every day I'm shuffling the L M F A O story. <laughs> oh my God, I would love that. Uh, I bet I bet somebody would do it. Jordan Peele, get on it. You'd you'd have a good time with this. <laughs> oh nah, my he's God. That, no, he. No, yeah. Actually, no. Who else could I see having a good time with that one? Man, there's a lot of good. Filmmakers out there, that's a hard <laughs> Robert Eggers version of LMFA <laughs> Oh my god, that it'd be a mind fuck while with every day I'm shuffling in the background. Oh my god, that'd be insane! Mm. <laughs> oh god, or well, I mean, man, there's gotta be one other good one that would be interesting. I, ooh, I don't know why One for Pitbull would be kind of be kind of interesting Just especially since that dude would like Appear, be famous, and then disappear And then <laughs> come back and just be Just as famous as ever <laughs> I want to figure out how the fuck He pulls that magic off I think if there was a Pitbull biopic It would have to be like
0: Weird Al's biopic Where it was completely false True <laughs> Like he comes back,
1: he's an alien or some shit or like Tenacious D Pick a Destiny level shit, like where it's just a completely made up story of how it how everything happened and but they try and right. make it seem as real as possible. And they just use pit pitball songs for, as the soundtrack and like
0: it's a musical. It's it was a musical Yeah I'm all fireball and like, It has a whole other meaning that
1: we never knew Like he's in hell It's just Oh my god It's just Pitbull entering the nine circles of hell Yeah we get his power back and then he gets sent to space And he becomes an alien he has to go through one of the circles of hell and just fe- face a fifty foot mega Shakira. <laughs> 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 <da, da>, <laughs> <laughs> Pitbull, time to die. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, well, and I guess like our, and to give our final thoughts on the movie. I would highly recommend this one as being a viewing that I would say we'll give it a sober viewing first, and then kind of watch it under whatever influence you're kind of wanting to just because there's there's so many little like hints that they give towards things in the movie that you kind of need to pay pay attention to not like hyper focus on but you know like pay attention so that you because they give hints to what's kind of coming if you're paying attention but then for just the the straight rewatch value because i mean to be honest with the shock value this movie brings i think the rewatch value on this is actually one that i'd give this a couple rewatches any day for sure i'm on like my third or fourth already so yeah i mean it's a high recommend from me and as well as a high recommend from lucian just because actually funny enough he was the one that suggested this episode and i was like you know what this has been overdue this has been an overdue one and we're in i thought you would have some stuff to say for sure so i like that yeah i think this is a very one good one to kind of have in on the Snowden uh friday I'm, for sure. I'm not entirely sure what's coming for the rest of the month for us on Thoughts and Shots. Uh, we might be doing an anime episode near the end of the month where uh, I'm going to have my good old buddy of, fuck, I think we're up to like 14 or 15 years now, Sean and uh, the vocalist of Rain of Aris, Joel, joining us for... Uh, nice little chat i we haven't figured out what facet of anime we're gonna hit but i might have them do a lot of horror anime since i know that's right in all three of our bread and butter Uh, nice yeah just because there's a lot of content to cover on that one so that'll be a fun conversation Mm. Uh, I actually believe next week we'll be going back uh, to doing something with uh, Cecil and Zyber. So uh, be sure to t- stay tuned on the socials to see whatever that's going to be. I'm l- really trying hard to find a way to do Serial Mom because I found out about that movie this week. And now I'm determined to watch it and do a fucking episode on it because it's right up. Around. I believe in you. You can do it. But uh, Lucian, do you want to go ahead and do your reminder plugs of where all the people need to go to? Patreon.com slash TWG podcast. That's it. Check it out. And if you want to join the Discord community, you'd be sure to go to discord.gg slash the weekly Geekly as well. And then you can. I'm going to
0: finish this chicken fried steak. For this pork chop, sorry.
1: <laughs> As you then, talk. Then be sure to go ahead and check out Voodoo's Odd Shop in 1323 Martha Street in Omaha, Nebraska. Hell yeah. Then be sure to go ahead and check out our sponsor, W.GG. Use code Stony Baloney for 10% off. And then go check out our official merch store at www.supporttheriffs.com. And be sure to be keeping out on our, our band's social media page, both Rain of and Moulton We are both going to be very busy this year and uh if you haven't gotten a chance to catch a molten show uh do it soon uh i believe the next one they have is the swamp benefit show on january 20th if i'm not mistaken
0: yep in lincoln and if you can't
1: make it we live stream every concert on discord so yes you can find it there We've been talking more about trying to do a date together this year, too, so you already know when that fucking happens. That's just going to be just an absolute chaotic night where the venue's going to regret it. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Between our two bands with the amount of smoke and drink that we will need to function, they're going to be like, oh, God, we made a massive mistake. (laughs) (laughs) But until the next time we hear from you all, I am Devin. I'm the drinker. Lucian, thank you so much for joining our chaos, and we will see you on the next episode. Bye.
0: Peace!